0: This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message.
1: Morning, everybody. Oh, you're wide awake? That's awesome. Yeah, Spike will wake you up, right? Yeah, yeah. He just saying, wherever I go, you find me there. I think Jesus found you right here. That's pretty good. That's probably where you should be on a Sunday morning. How awesome is that? So... Uh, I have a couple things to pray about, so would you please join me as we pray? Father, it's amazing that wherever we go, you find us. And this morning, we're kind of where you would want us to be. But all of us who are here would admit to you and actually to each other that there have been times in our lives where we were not where you wanted us to be. And we were not actually where we should have been. And yet you didn't give up on us. You found us. So thank you. Thank you that we can be together and we pray your blessing over this service and every part of it. And we want to say a special prayer of thanksgiving that you found the Woodleafs a house. In spite of all the odds against it, them being in Tennessee, they got a big dog and All that stuff, it's just so hard to find a house, and yet you just reserved one for them. Thank you, thank you. And God, as we do every Sunday, we pray for another church in our town. And this Sunday, we pray for the Salvation Army. And with all the turmoil in the world and all the suffering and uh, the tornadoes and the severe weather that's in part of our country and the fighting that's going on, Um, over in the Eastern block. And and I can't imagine how many resources the Salvation Army is trying to manage and volunteers and people. So God, we pray for them as an organization, but we also pray for our local chapter of the Salvation Army right here in town. God, would you bless them Would you supply everything that they need in order to do what you've called them to do? And God, as we walk through the rest of this service, we're just reminded that you have made all this possible. And so we are here with grateful hearts. And we thank you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome, for those of you who are brand new, my name is Ron, you probably heard Diva refer to me. Um, hey, I'm your lead pastor for three more Sundays. Are you up for that? How about that? Yeah, I know, you're cheering. That I, no, never mind. <laughs> I hope that's not why you're cheering. Anyway, uh, we are just so, so privileged to be here. And and as Diva said, we have a lot of stuff going on as a church. God is doing so much through us. And this morning we're going to celebrate um, some of the things that God is doing. I have two, well, two brief segments where I'm going to teach you and then kind of a third one that will lead us into communion. So you're going to have to listen quickly because I'm going to give us context for what we're doing. Um, If you've been coming here for a while, you know that we sent a team of about 15 people down to Mexico, and uh, we're going to bring three of them up here on the stage, and we're going to celebrate what God did through them and has been doing through us as a church in the San Quintin Valley uh, of the Baja Peninsula of Mexico for more than 20 years now. And then we have a very special guest who's going to talk to us about the Global Leadership Summit. So to start with, point your uh, eyes toward the screen and let's read something that Jesus said. Jesus said, it was one of the final things that Jesus said to his 12 closest followers that we often call the 12 apostles. He said, as you are going into all the world, be preaching the good news to every person God created. It's very clear that Jesus never intended for the good news to be for a select few. He always intended the good news to be for everybody. And if you were wondering when you walked into church this morning, do I belong here? Am I welcome here? The good news is because Jesus is for everybody, you're automatically qualified. How that feel? That's the way it's supposed to be. And uh, later on, Jesus said to those same guys, you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. And just in case they didn't get it, he said, you're going to start in Jerusalem, which is where they were sort of headquartered. Then you're going to go throughout Judea. That would be Uh, like the county uh, that Jerusalem was in. And then he said, you're going to go to Samaria. That would be the neighboring county. And then he said, you're going to go to the ends of the earth. Now, that's a bold statement made by a guy who was 33 years of age and had only been a pastor for three years that's pretty big, don't you think? Here we are 2,000 years later, and in every country across the face of the globe, there are churches meeting in Jesus' name. How about that? That, my friends, is awesome. Yes, that deserves some applause. That's how Jesus does things. For us as a church, part of our taking the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth is this wonderful valley in the Baja Peninsula of Mexico called San Catin Valley. And we went down there 20 years ago just to help in an orphanage. And a few years later, uh, we decided to build a house for a family that was shelterless uh, and very vulnerable. And we had no idea what God had in mind for us, we went down to build a house just to be nice and kind to a family that really needed help. Little did we know that the husband and the father of that family, God was going to call into ministry and we would be able to help establish a church in the San Quentin Valley called Puerto de Cielo, which means the gateway of heaven. And that God would also place on that pastor's heart a vision of building a center for kids that were too poor to go to public school. Imagine that. And a place where they could come and be taught, and it's called Every Kid's Hope. And that God would partner us with another organization right there in San Quentin Valley called Dorothy's House. And it's a be- you're going to see some pictures in a minute Of Dorothy's house, but it's it's a shelter for abused women and children where they are kept safe and they're taught life skills. And then eventually they go back out into society uh, and they're able to make a living and provide for themselves. And oh, by the way, we often build houses for people who graduate from Dorothy's house. It's such a wonderful partnership. So We just sent 15 people to Mexico, and I'm going to invite three of them to come up here because I have some interview questions to ask them. But while they're coming up, this is Gordon McGee, Angeline Rosenberry, and Dan McNamee. Would you welcome them to the stage? Please. And Gordon, I'm going to put you on the spot. I do know that. But I'm going to put you on the spot because we're going to roll some pictures. And you have been connected with the Mexico mission for a long time. So would you give a brief 1991. summary? You've got to put that up there.
0: 1991. Now it is. Yeah, almost 30 years, more than 30 years.
1: That's awesome. So, we're going to ask you to narrate the pictures. Oh, my okay. And just a reminder to all of us, God is blessing us for 10 minutes. All right, here we go.
0: Oh, <laughs> that was 10 minutes. Case. All right. I guess Ron didn't want to do this part. Hey, I guess that's our team because uh, I wasn't there, but that looks like them. <laughs> that is our team. Where where are you guys? Are you standing near the house you built? or? Uh, that's the house, the completed house. Oh, okay, that's the completed house. There, the there, yeah. there you go. All right, next picture. All right, pile of wood, a bunch of people on a saw. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Mexican neighborhood where people are picking the berries for Driscoll. Um, you know, you'll see those Driscoll berries in your store, but this is where they're picked. Um, field workers make 13 bucks a day for a whole day's work, you know, eight, nine hours. Then they often have a little piece of property, and if they're, you know, able to show that they're going to stay in the area, they they can go and list to get a house built. Oh, look at that. My goodness. Actual carpentry taking place by novices. (laughs) Wow. What a fantastic thing. The roof is going up. Look at that. I love it. How many days did it take you guys to build that?
1: Um, we were done three,
0: days. Three. three and a half. Okay. It's a record this time. <laughs> and then, of course, you always bless them not only with some interior, you know, fixtures like a table, beds, and, and a little kitchenette that you build with a sink and, and, a, and a gas-powered stove, but you take them to the store and supply them all up, which is really cool. It's always been a special thing that New Life has done that a lot of churches don't do. All right. It's like you're handing the keys over. That must be Mama Sita and her she has one child or
2: her grandson.
0: Grandson? No. All right. All right. Was she from Dorothy's? No. No? Yeah. All right. Hangout time. Fire pit. At Bill's YWAM base where we where we stay in the cabins. It's a great place. Anybody who hasn't been, you should go next year. You'll be blessed. Oh, we got to go back one. So that's, that's the church. The first floor is the church that, that we built down there. Um, the project, I, I managed the project and the fundraising for the last two years. The church just got built. Um, we took a team of guys down in February and built the house on top. And uh, this is where Pastor Luis's family lives now, on top of the church. Um, we left them a really cool design for stairs, but they just took the ladder we made and flipped it around. <laughs> 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 and uh, when, when the team went this time, we sent enough money to pay off all the land under the church, so it's 100% paid for. Um, <clears throat> and there was enough left over to buy windows and doors for the first floor church. So that's great. It's awesome. I couldn't be happier with that fundraiser. Yeah, that's, yeah, Yeah. Pozole, okay, and that's Pastor Luis and his wife Irma, they have three children, and I understand Irma made food for you guys all week, week. wow, I'm I'm jealous, (laughs) I'm jealous, yeah, that's Dorothy's house up in the corner, and then the view from upstairs, uh, probably from their coffee nook, Um, gee, just a couple years ago, there wasn't a second floor, That ministry has been very blessed and has just helped a lot of people. Yeah. All right. Smiling faces. I love it. You guys had a good time? Fantastic.
1: Yeah. All right. I think that might be it.
0: That might be it? Yeah. Good, because I wasn't prepared for
1: that. That's all right. You can hand it.
0: You did great, Gordon.
1: No, no, no. You got to stay here. (laughs) All right. Uh, Just a fun story. Uh, A lot of great things go on in Dorothy's house and they teach women how to sew and do all sorts of things that will enable them to earn a living. So when they go out on their own, uh, they don't starve and don't have to beg and don't end up being abused again. Well, one of the skills and things that they teach is um, how to work in restaurants and coffee shops and that sort of thing. And there's a coffee shop inside of Dorothy's house that was funded and built by Starbucks. How about that? That's pretty awesome, isn't it? So, all right. Angeline, I have a question for you. I know you've been on trips to other countries before. You just recently came back from where? Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Awesome. Okay. Okay. But I know mission trips are different from that trip, so what is one of the things that affected you the most about this trip you just took? My previous trips have been with Habitat for Humanity, so a little bit of a different organization. Um, Going with New Life for this has really helped build a stronger connection with all of you as part of the church, and that was a big reason why I started coming to this church in the first place. So if you're looking to build a stronger church foundation, come with us next year. That's awesome. All right, Dan, I have a question for you. Well said. I'll pay you later. All right. (laughs) So, Dan, I know this was not your first
2: mission trip, right? No, it was my my second time through.
1: All right. And uh, so what will you take from this trip?
2: I think the thing that struck me the most this time, which didn't last time. Um, Last time, for me, it was really about building a house and building every kid's hope. But this time, uh, (coughs) it was much more about building relationships with the families, Wow, And the church, and a little fellow (laughs) named Giuliano, who was um, a young guy, probably eight or nine years old, who hung out at the the job site all week, and um, he didn't have a really good family life, what Pastor Luis told us about, and he was always in the background, and... um, And I bonded with him. We spent the week together and uh, really grew. uh, He really grew in my heart. And on the last night, we had three nights of kind of a a worship at the church. And the first night he came, he was kind of hiding in the background. And and Irma and Luis fed the whole community for all three nights. And so he, he wouldn't come up. So I encouraged him. I finally got him a plate of food and brought it to him. And slowly, during the week, he kind of came closer and closer. On Thursday night, we had the big pozzoli feed. And um, he, he jumped in line by himself. And his parents, who had never, ever been to the church, were off in the background and jumped in line. And jumped in line, and just to see the transformation of that young man. So for me, it wasn't about building a home. It was about building a relationship with this young guy.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you, Dan. <laughs> you could give that to me. Something about building relationships gets down there. That's, that's awesome. So, Gordon, um, I know you didn't go on this trip, But you have been connected with this mission for more than 30 years. And here's something that I want all of us to know. It was Gordon who had the original vision to take new life to Mexico, and he led our first trip. So let's hear it for Gordon. Thank you, Gordon. So even though you didn't go on this trip, I know you played a role. And so would you tell us what that role is? And then would you tell us what keeps you engaged with Mexico?
0: Okay. Um, So I got addicted to missions in 1982. I was in a small village of Puerto Pais, Bolivia. I preached every night. I preached for a week in the church, uh, in the village next to it. And then we all came back into the big city of Santa Cruz for a crusade. And at the end of the crusade, a young woman stopped the bus that I was on and she told everybody, I'm a Christian now. I'm born again because God sent Gordon McGee to Puerto Pilas, Bolivia. <laughs> yes. Sarah. If, if the Lord was fishing for missionaries, that's when the hook was set. <laughs> right. So as I raised seven kids in Petaluma, I said, you cannot grow up thinking that this is how people live. You're all going to me twice before you get away from my house. And the place we went was San Quentin Valley. Started in 1991. Built that relationship with YWAM. Uh, I went to another church for 10 years before this one. And um, my family got a lot out of it. The church was kind of a lazy church. And actually, it wasn't catching on for them. And I said, you know, I'm so impressed by how well they do everything down there on purpose and with, with you know, you know, fire for Jesus and everything. Just observe, and then I sent that church and didn't go with them my last year there. And YWAM said, these people can never come here again. They are the laziest, worst excuse for people on a mission trip we've ever seen. I was really that was not good. So I left that church. I came to new life. (laughs) The first year that I took new life, Ron went with me to the, to the orphanage and YWAM called me up and said, these people can come anytime they want. They are the greatest, <laughs> most wonderful servants we have. Yeah. Just keep bringing them. So yeah. we've been going ever since. Yeah. And, but so then I kind of. You know, there was a, a a couple in New Life who got excited about it, and I gave leadership over to them, and I started going to India with Ron and doing other things. And all those years later, but then when I retired, I, I kept hearing from these guys who were going, Jeff and Jim and Matt, and they're, they're like, oh, we Pastor Luis, you know, this friend of ours, blah, blah. And I said, well, maybe we can do something more with this guy. So uh, I said, maybe I should go meet him. So I went down on a trip first one in a pause of 15, 20 years or whatever, met Luis, and he had so much vision, but no one to help him realize it. So the Lord called me to come alongside of him, not to do just project management, but mentoring. And we boiled his 15 visions down to two, the Puerto Del Cielo <laughs> Mission Church and Every Kid's Hope. And we began the projects and the plans and the fundraising. And now, two years later, the, the church and the house are done. And I'm about to start. As soon as Irma gives me the the, the operating plan for Every Kid's Hope, we're going to start a fundraiser. And we're going to get the concrete work done. And then, hopefully, by next February, March, I'm taking a team of guys down to start building on Every Kid's Hope property. Hallelujah.
1: So I know what keeps you engaged. Thank you. Thank you. Let's hear it for these people. What a wonderful time. Thanks, guys. All right. Are you ready for just a little bit of teaching? Here we go. Cast your eyes to the screen. We're going to take a look at two things that Jesus said to his followers. He said, you are the salt of the earth. And he said, you are the light of the world. Now, what those both have in common is they're both about influence. Salt has this wonderful capacity to bring out the best of whatever you put it on. And Jesus said, for those of us who are his followers, that's the way he wants us to be. Whatever organization he puts us into, he wants us to bring out the best in that organization. Whatever relationship that that he puts us in, he wants us to bring out the best. I, I was just thrilled to hear Dan talk about Juliana, weren't you? That was just so amazing because here's Dan, salt of the earth kind of guy identifying with a nine or a 10-year-old boy and literally bringing out the best in him. And it was so profound that his parents had to come and see. And who knows, it might be the beginning of something life-transforming for that whole family. Yeah. And then Jesus said, you're the light of the world. Now, light is always symbolic of things that are positive, things like hope and truth, right? And joy. When people say, I see the light in your eyes, what they mean is you're not sad, they see happiness, they see a sparkle. And Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And he wanted it to be that wherever we went, we carried with us this context of love and hope, and joy. This beautiful influence that would rub off on the people around us. And in some way, we work on those concepts every Sunday here at New Life so that we can increase our influence factor. We can up our influence game. And a while ago, Diva stood up here and said, Every one of us is a leader, and it's true, because every one of us exudes an influence on somebody somewhere, actually many somebodies.
0: We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org.
1: Thanks for listening.